Welcome back for another episode of Lead with Purpose podcast with me, Shishin Young, where we talk about purpose, marketing, mindset, and how to launch, grow, and scale a purpose-driven business. Today we have Kitty Wilson Brown with us, who is an artist and entrepreneur, and we also have Claire O'Sullivan with us from Contemporary Hemp. Welcome, welcome, both of you. Thank, Thank you. you. <laughs> <laughs> so you guys is, are running a project called Contemporary Hemp, trying to revive um, UK hemp industry. So tell us a little bit more about that. What, what is it? Well, it's actually the Contemporary Hempery. Okay, sorry about that, yes. <laughs> yes, Contemporary Hempery. And um, working together, Kitty and I, we're on a... We're on a quest. We're on a quest. We're in this quest. We've got two goals. One, we want to revive the growing of hemp for textiles in the UK, specifically in Suffolk, where, where I live, but across the whole country. And we want to elevate this fantastically versatile and beautiful fibre back to where it should be in all of our wardrobes and our homes. So hemp is been around for hundreds of years isn't it and have we always grown hemp in this country or what's the history of hemp in the UK I don't know much about it maybe you can okay. share it okay yeah well um certainly humans and hemp have been collaborating with each other to make fabric for at least 10,000 years we know that is the oldest piece of hemp fabric that's been found of course that could be a lot older but we just haven't yeah. had any identified mm-hmm. um, the Romans used hemp um in, well in fact Pretty much every culture has grown hemp because hemp is an extraordinary plant and can grow all the way from Siberia to the equator. So there's almost no part of the world that you can't grow it in. Mm. Um, In the UK, uh, the real explosion of hemp growing that we know about took place when the Saxons invaded. So the Saxons came into the eastern side of the country. So um, you'll see the main bulk of hemp growing is down the eastern side of the uh, eastern seaboard. So that's right from Northumberland, East Yorkshire, down through Lincolnshire and into East Anglia, where where we're located now. So um, I am particularly interested in the history, actually, and it's something I've looked into a lot. Real explosion in uh, hemp working, weaving, growing, weaving and cloth making in this area in Suffolk was between 1500 and about 1790. Right. Okay. So there were two or three hundred years where hemp was absolutely king. This little part of Suffolk where we live now, the Waveney Valley, turned out 8% of the entire UK's output of hemp. So that was a, a very large amount. Wow. So... Are you both from the fashion industry or how did you get into this industry? Um, Should we start with Kitty maybe? Yeah, so um, yeah, I'm a textile artist. So I did textiles at university um, and specialised in woven textiles. I think throughout uh, all my work, sustainability was kind of like a key point. um, And I was often using, well, I was always using either upcycled materials or natural fibres. It was not last Christmas, just Christmas before. Um, well, Claire's a, a jeweller, actually. She's not textile, but I guess we've both got the artist brains. Um, and it was not last Christmas, the Christmas before. We just had a chat over a glass of wine. Um, Claire was telling me about hemp used to be a big crop in this area. And I said, oh, that's really interesting. I've always wanted to weave with hemp. Uh, and after that, Claire said, why don't we grow some? 
and we just did and I think it was just right time right place because this project was was meant to start you know right and and Claire you came from you were Julia um, yeah well I've always worked in the creative industries I worked in the music business for a long time and then maybe I don't know about 10 years ago or so I became a jeweler did a uh, BA in jewellery and silversmithing Um, So I've been doing that. And then I actually did a a master's degree, which was called Entrepreneurship for Creative Practice, which was really about my jewellery practice, but it certainly opened my mind to different ways of working. So before I started this project, we started this project, I should say, I didn't know anything about fibre or fabric or farming. So, I mean, it's been... (laughs) <laughs> it's been a really fun learning curve I and mean, we just threw ourselves into something I mean obviously kidding you about weaving with hemp but fundamentally neither of us knew anything about it at all brilliant I mean that's how how I got into the fashion industry as well um, about 15 years ago so someone asked me do you want to start a fashion brand I'm like yeah sure and that was the beginning of it <laughs> so on the other side of thinking what happened there exciting when things like this happen it seemed yes. to like burn really well as well so can you take us back to maybe not the first glass of wine, but <laughs> maybe after a bottle, but um, how did you actually get started? So you had this idea when you were sitting, having a drink about, oh, let's start this project. Let's, let's grow some hemp. I will ask you some more questions about hemp itself later as well. So let's grow some hemp. What, what was the first thing that you guys did? Because it's, re- it's one thing to have an idea and actually then action on that. What was the first thing that you guys did? Well, of course, neither of us have actually got any land. So we had to go and find some land. Happily, I had already been buying my bread and my vegetables from this incredible agroforestry site. It's about two miles from here. Mm-hmm. And I'd been invited to a party one of the, when someone was having a party in the barn. It was a birthday. And the guy that owns the farm was DJing. And I sort of encouraged myself up. You know, I was like, David, I, I'd really like to grow some hemp. And he just went, yeah, that's fine. So I was like, oh, well, that's easy. You know, there was no kind of fight involved. I thought, oh, okay. So a couple of weeks later, Kitty had made this beautiful presentation and we went up and chatted with him, told him what we wanted to do. And he was just like, yeah, yeah, that's fine. That's fine. Yeah, you can have this, this piece of land. Um, so I said, oh, David, what are you going to charge us? Because I had absolutely no idea what it might cost to rent a small field. Yeah. And he said, oh, you just make me a shirt. So then again, I was like, oh, okay, this, what? Okay. So then, of course, then, so we've had the idea, we've got the, the land sort of arranged. But of course, in order to grow industrial hemp in this country, you have to have a license from the Home Office. Right. And the licensing regime, I'm not going to go into details of it, it's still a bit ridiculous in my mind. But anyway, the thing is, um, you have to start a company at company's house. That's pretty easy. And then you have to do your DBS check to make sure you're not a criminal. And then you jump through all the little hoops that they want you to jump through, give them money, and there you are. You have the license. So from having that conversation at Christmas, we actually had the land, the license, and the seed in the ground by May. So how long did that whole process take from you deciding to do it to having a seed in the ground? Four and a half, five months. Wow, that is fast. I know. I was just, we still sort of reeling now, aren't we, Kitty? It's just all gone so well. That yeah. is so amazing. It's, I guess sometimes when you put your mind to something, I mean, that it would have, you must have had the right contacts because quite often we talk about like we need contact, we need a network, and that's how things happen. I guess you had, you met the right person at the right time at that party, right? And yeah. also 
whereas it kids knew as well. It wasn't really, there was no planning or forethought involved. It just seemed to, to happen. Yeah, we kind of felt like, you know, sometimes we just feel like this project is just running itself and we're just kind of following it behind. And like, I love that. Where, where, where it needs to it, be. It's like the hemp farm kind of wanted to start and it's just used Kitty and I as human collaborators, really. And you just yeah. went along and... We're just going along with it rather than it coming along with us. Wow, I love that. I, I really like the approach in in starting a business. Um, I'm very much like that as well. Sometimes I take probably too many opportunities when it just comes to you. You kind of go, oh, that's such a great idea. It just happened at the right moment, at the right place, actually yeah. the right moment. <laughs> I always have too many things on the go. But I think sometimes that's how the best um, innovations or ideas or businesses actually start. Um, mm-hmm. According to me anyway, sometimes some people like to be a bit more kind of structured and think about it and create a business plan and all of those things. And sometimes that that process can take a year or some people mm-hmm. even two. So I, I love the fact that you managed to get it off from ideation mm-hmm. pretty much to seed in the ground, literally within just a few months. I know it was astonishing. So Absolutely. where are you now with it? So are you now growing? So yeah, so after that, the seed was in the ground um, and that was our first year as growers. Um, we planted about 0.7 of an acre. Uh, and yeah, watching this crop grow was just, it was amazing, actually. Um, we, it was really extreme heat that year as well. Um, and it the, the, we just grew and grew and grew and had no issues, we didn't even water it. Um, and I don't for people who don't know much about hemp, hemp requires no pesticides, no insecticides, um, it has no bug enemies, um, and yeah, little, little water, and it, this crop absolutely thrived. So before you knew it, we had this magical hemp forest that we was just so beautiful, just so full of life, and um, the way it was cultivated, there was like strips down it, so you could like walk right down it and immerse yourself in this hemp forest we created so yeah it was a really exciting first year for us as growers um and then we kind of had we had our hemp forest and we're like right now we need to turn it into textiles what was the next step uh both of us at this point are quite clueless about this um Mm. but something that's been also great about our journey is that the amount of people that want to help us or educate us or show us their way of doing it so um alan brown who made the nettle dress some of you might know um invited us down to Brighton and showed us the traditional way of how historically they used to uh, process plant fibers um so yeah and I also think a really good way of learning sometimes especially when we had little money little funding and knowledge is go right back to the beginning and do it how how they would initially have first done it um so yeah then we had some community days we got loads of the community involved and we built um old school um tools out of wood and upcycle wood and upcycle kitchen cupboards and yeah had a big community which was really exciting so now you had very little did you have a lot of so financial investment obviously time I can imagine lots and lots of time has gone into it so no financial investment at all initially to get this started it's all relying on your community to make this happen yeah Yeah. that is really powerful it's such a great way of starting a business as well because I guess it's something that people can relate to and they really want to help. These, um, so we did a community harvest day. We did a community processing day that Kitty just mentioned. And then uh, earlier this year, we did a community spinning day. And these days resonated so strongly with us. 
to working, you know, that kind of idea of shared toil and people cheerfully, you know, putting their back into something together. These days were so much fun and, uh, yeah, left really have left a lasting impression, actually. Yeah, I've literally never been involved with something uh, where people just want to help you so much or share their way of doing it with you or just, yeah, just the amount oh, of people you've met. Yeah. And- from the textile world from the natural fibers world from the hemp world it's just it's it it just makes you want to carry on and makes you feel what you're doing is right yeah I'd love that because I I run um sort of a couple social enterprises and we have rely on a lot of volunteers to do work together and we work very closely within Mm -hmm. our community to make things happen so I think it just gives you this other sense of um satisfaction doesn't it it's like you said you're, you're almost a vessel that's going to make things happen but then you've got the whole community coming together to help you make it happen it's better than any financial reward I absolutely. think yeah absolutely. absolutely yeah I think you know um for the community in this area some people know about it but most people know nothing about this enormous debt of hemp energy that's that's still here I believe yeah. um Suffolk's particularly well known for the wool trade, which actually came in the sort of centuries before this. But the hemp trade has been almost forgotten, except that it's still very much in the language of the landscape. We've got Hemplands Farm in the village. We've got Hempen House. We've got a Scratcher's Arms. We've got a Hemp Sheaf Arms over at Stradbrook. Rettery Cottages, Bleach Greens, and all these names are part of the hemp industry. Mm. And yet the actual industry itself has, has disappeared. So we really are... You know, we are reviving something that was very, very economically important in this in this region. So that's a really, it's that kind of thing about locality and sense of place. So um, talking of economics, so what what's your next plan? Because I I imagine that at some point there's gonna you're gonna need some finances to make this into a sustainable business, or what's the plan on that side? Well, we have um, planted again this year. So we've done nine mm-hmm. times as much hemp as we did last year. Wow. Look <laughs> at that face. So it's still very much self-funded and we are just rolling along, seeing where we're going. Obviously yeah. last year, because we just had the one alley, we were able to hand process it all with nine. We definitely won't be able to do that. Yeah. So we do have to find mechanical decorticating, which is the breaking and then um, spinning so it, we are moving into a whole other gear, but um, we have we have got the, these things lined up, hopefully. But um, a lot of them will be for either the first time or like trial experimentation. So yeah. as we are really trying to bring this back, it's all it's all still quite experimental at this point, I think. How yeah. exciting. How exciting. Now, you guys are running a, um, a festival in August. Can you tell me a little bit more about that? I'm, I'm going to try and come back to for this. Um, I would have probably just moved out of the country but I, I really want to go to this it looks amazing tell me more about yeah this. well it's a hemp harvest retreat so this year uh, so last year we did a one day community harvest day and it was so fantastic it was so fantastic at the end of it we went to the local pub and we were just buzzing it was just the best best day so anyway this year we're expanding that and um we're having uh, we're calling it hemp harvest retreat so Friday night we're hoping everyone's going to arrive on Friday I, th- I want to mention about the farm actually if that's okay yes so we grow on this absolutely extraordinarily beautiful uh, organic agroforestry site it's the longest established agroforestry farm in Europe so it's planted out in the early 90s uh, 
if you know anything about agroforestry. So all the fields are long, thin alleys um, with trees in between. So by now, the trees are 30 odd years old and they're all mature. It's been organic since the early 90s and it is absolutely stuffed full of insects and birds and wild, wildlife of every type. I mean, we've got turtle doves down there, which is so rare because they just, you know, they come back to these places. So it's an absolutely beautiful farm and it is set up for people to come and stay. So as well as being a working farm, it's a place for research and education. So we've got great places to stay. The farmhouse is all set out, beautifully restored. There are these little uh, pods that like sort of, I don't know, fancy shed. It's got a little loo in there. Or there's the most beautiful meadow for camping. So we've got three different types of, of places that you can stay. Mm-hmm. On the farm is a bakery. Well, wow. It's, she is, the, Henrietta used to have a place in Borough Market. She is the most incredible cook. And she just cooks with produce from the farm as far as possible. We don't have dairy there. So she goes to a local um, non-pasteurized raw milk dairy to get all the butter and so on, cheese, but almost the rest of the she cooks comes from the land. So it's so wholesome and so delicious. Incredible. Absolutely incredible. They also grow their own um, wheat there called the YQ population wheat, which is, um, it's all different types of wheat grown together. So long ones, short ones, little fat ones, thin ones but it's all harvested together. It uh, goes straight into the barn. And then when Henrietta wants to bake, she goes into the barn, gets the um, seed, takes it into the next barn, mills it, walks it back across the yard to bake. So it is, there's no, it's zero food mass. Everything comes from the farm. The food is fantastic. <laughs> it's amazing. So anyway, I've got lost now. So Friday night, we're showing a film, this incredible film called The Nettle Dress. If anyone is interested in natural fibers, they will know about this film. It's about this wonderful man, Alan Brown, who um, decided he would make a dress from nettle fibers. Mm took him seven years now it does not necessarily sound like a very thrilling premise for a movie but it is absolutely fantastic and we are so honored to have got a private screening of this movie that's friday night that's obviously after supper saturday we're going to have a crazy workout with my son kip fitz he does this mad dance workout that's so funny gets everyone laughing bit of a stretch then we get breakfast then we're going to do the harvest then we're going to have an amazing lunch, which is all coming from the bakery. A bit more harvesting. We've got cake from the bakery. Uh, then Saturday night, we can have a big harvest feast. Henrietta's cooking up a feast for us. I've got to book this incredible band called Burr Island. They're touring with Ocean Colour Scene at the moment. They're coming out to do this for us. Then we're going to party in the barn because the barn is all set up for parties. That's Saturday. How are you liking it so far? I'm going to be there. <laughs> Then oh Sunday, God. Sunday, we can slap up breakfast and then we're going to do demos. Kitty's, we're going to do um, break the straw and then we, Kitty's going to spin and weave and then we do some natural dyeing. So I'm going to take the raw straw from last year, take it right through to a small piece of fabric in one morning. Um, I'm going to talk a little bit about the history of hemp in that area. Um, we've got someone coming to do some distilling with hemp as well. Oh, I forgot to talk about the hamster racing. We've got hamster racing on Saturday night as well. How random. Yeah. No <laughs> hamsters are it. They're, they're electric, but don't worry about that. All right. <laughs> <laughs> Not actual hamsters. Um, so, yeah, that's Sunday. Then after we've done all that in the morning, we're going to have a beautiful lunch. That'll be our last meal together. And then we're going to do a gong bath sound therapy session out in the meadow. 
Wow, this sounds all incredible. I, I did read about this and it sounded incredible then, but listening to you describe it with such passion and it just um, really makes me want and and then the food, of course. Um, oh, no, it sounds really, really good. I will drop a link in the show notes for whoever is listening if you want to go. Okay. Make sure you go. I will try my my, my best to get back to that. Mm-hmm. Um now, can I just ask you a little bit about hemp itself? I've been asking, I've been wanting to ask this question. Uh, before to other people so obviously hemp is used as a um, a fiber and then you can use it for oil and obviously people also smoke cannabis as hemp so what is the distinction between those in terms of growing do you use the whole plant or how does that work from um to grow industrial hemp in this country um it has to be 0.3% THC. So you could smoke a whole nine acres if you want and you are not going to feel anything. <laughs> it will not make you high. The right. uh, industrial hemp cannot make you high. So I think that's what people need to understand. Yeah. So it's a different kind of hemp. It's, the, it's a different kind of uh, It's bred differently. So it would have higher THC. Uh, it's the THC that makes you high. Um, so yeah, 0.3% THC um, in this country. It looks exactly the same. I mean, it just looks like a massive. It is. It's the same plant, cannabis sativa, but yeah. they're different varieties. And the ones you can grow in this country, obviously, are the ones that um, don't have that psychoactive material in them. Okay. Right. Now I know. So now you know. Yeah. People talk about it, and it's like, oh, because uh, my son just walked in earlier and he saw this cannabis plant. And I was like, I'm going to be talking about this. He goes, Why? I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> Well, you're not telling us something here, Mum. Yeah, it's it's an incredibly versatile plant that's here to help humans in every single way. So, you know, we can make clothes from it. We have done that since time. You can build your entire house from it. You know, the architectural products market is really exploding in this country because it has incredible insulation properties. Um, If you make hempcrete, it's just hemp and lime. It's really, really strong. You can make hemp wood from it. And um, yeah, so... So there's a great farm in Cambridgeshire, if anyone's interested, look at architectural products called Margent Farm, M-A-R-G-E-N-T, Margent Farm. If you Google that, this guy built his entire house from eight acres of his own hemp, and it's a beautiful house. I mean, it's stunning, really, really stunning. So I'd recommend people have a look at that. Um, Of course, you can make paper from hemp. It makes beautiful paper. I've always made paper. Declaration of Human Rights was printed on paper. A hemp paper as with the king james bible and of course you can make yourself well with it because it makes the most beautiful medicine mm. cbd mm. although of course we can't do that so our license is for for fiber and the variety that we're growing is specifically for fiber and we will be cutting it before it goes to flower so our business is nothing to do with um the oil side of things yeah it's just for the fiber but our waste product the shiv is what is required for the architectural products. So, you know, the two things go hand in hand. Okay, also, that's, that's what I was going to ask you, what you do with the waste as well. Um, yeah. Well, the shiv, um, the, the shiv, some people might say it's a waste product, but we, sh- we want to use it as a co-product because I think for the industrial hemp uh, industry to really be revived, I think the construction and the textile industry need to work side by side um, in really trying to get those hemp in those industries work, uh, moving forward. Yeah. Another great use for it, of course, is for bioplastics. You can make fantastic plastic from it, which yeah. 
just like you know a pot bottle but dip by a uh, compost in four years well so and, and this is something that you're already looking into branching out to already so i can see that you may start with fiber and at the at, at the speed that you guys are moving <laughs> you'll be building houses within a month or two <laughs> <laughs> well we certainly are very interested in collaborating with the architectural for there's somebody at the farm who wants to build a little house and hopefully we'll be able to sell our shift to them so they'll all stay on the farm which would be brilliant they say that um there's fifty thousand different uses for hemp mm. I mean, I'm, you know, hemp evangelist, you might be able to tell this now. So I smoke <laughs> CBD oil to keep my joints moving. I put hemp oil on my face. I eat hemp seeds in my breakfast. <laughs> I drink I juice your <laughs> Incredible. Well, thank you so much for sharing all of that. I'm, I'm, I'm just fascinated. I did not actually know there were so many different uses. Oh, uh, yeah. CBD oil, we know, textiles, we know. Uh, but I could, I did not know you can uh, build buildings. Obviously, didn't even think about um, paper. Of course, that makes sense. And seeds, yes, I know. But then, until you reminded me now that there is hemp seeds as well, there's so many different uses. I really did not know. So anybody who's interested, get down there, 18th or 20, 20th of August mm -hmm. to the Hemp Harvest Retreat learn more i imagine that you'll be talking about all of this and everybody's yes. going to come out of that space going wow we yeah. need hemp in our lives yes <laughs> everyone needs hemp in their lives for sure that's amazing thank you so much for your time is there anything can i can I just ask you one thing before we go what is the one thing that you've learned um through this journey of the in the last 12 months or so that you started this project should we start with kitty what have you learned from that point of having that glass of wine to say, yeah, let's do it to now. Or what um, would you do differently if there is a lesson? I don't know. I guess loads of people say, it, but you can do anything you put your mind to. And and even with little resources or knowledge or money, yeah, I think so many times I've not got the funding to do that. It's actually amazing what you can do with the community around you and the materials around you and just do it and get started and you'll be surprised what you can get out of it actually. Oh, I love that. Yeah, guys, listen to Kitty. <laughs> Take her advice. Now, Claire, what about you? I would say um, just allow things to happen around you. Stay in the moment, stay in the present and just allow that flow to happen. Recognize when you are onto a good thing and just go with it. If you find yourself really grinding and working really, really hard, possibly it's not the right thing. Mm. If something is really good, it all seems to just flow like water. Me and Claire keep going back to this one thing of love what you do and share what you've learned. And I think that's something that we will continue to do. Mm -hmm. That's fantastic ethos. But thank you guys so much for this. And how do we find you finally? Let's um, do we find you social media website? Yes. How do we find you? Okay, so if we are all about 100% transparency, so we photograph our entire um, process from beginning to end. That's all stored on Contemporary Hempery on the Instagram. Contemporary Hempery, of course, we've got a website. If anyone is interested in the Hemp Harvest Retreat, please go to our website. Or oh, actually, Instagram, there's a link in the bio for tickets there. And if you want to learn more about agroforestry, go and look at the Wakelands website, wakelands.co.uk because it is an incredible place. And yeah, and if you are interested, please you can uh, email us at hello at contemporaryhempery.com if you have any 
uh, questions or anything more about hemp or our retreat or anything like that very happy to chat to anybody about hemp we really that's all we do all day long (laughs) (laughs) thank you so much guys for sharing i hopefully see you in august yeah thank you thank you kitty thank you claire bye thank you so much for listening to this episode i hope you enjoyed it and if you would like more tips ideas and thoughts on how to launch grow and scale a purpose-driven business and also hear from other purpose-driven entrepreneurs about their journeys please follow the podcast and remember lead with purpose